0: Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to Spiritual Gasm. I'm Ariel Kebble. I'm Sterling Jones. And, and this is <laughs> Spiritual Gasm. Gasm. Allow myself to introduce <laughs> myself. myself.
1: So, Sterling and I are two best friends who do everything together except each other.
0: Lisa Lampanelli, mm-hmm. insult comic-turned-life coach.
2: So I'm like, Did oh, this guy's more what? interested in talking to me than in the, into his super-hot co-host, then you're definitely a gay. Oh, oh you know what's weird? Are you still... I,
0: is it still I, in there? Please let me know that you're still a little dead inside.
2: We're only, as they say in AA, a running 12-step program, we're only as sick as our secrets. You know, I'm kind of mad that I have a thin doctor now because... I always was able to trick
0: my fat doctor into not telling me I was fat because. Amazing show today. So excited. Lisa Lampanelli.
1: Mm -hmm. Insult
0: comic turned life coach.
1: How amazing is that?
0: It's insane.
1: And I know you're like obsessed with her from back in the day. So I'm excited to see the new Lisa. Yeah,
0: She was one of my most favorite comedians I ever watched as a young gay boy who heard people like she was she just made it all okay she made everything like she went right for what the worst part of being gay was which what people couldn't handle which is the idea of sticking a dick in a butt where people poop and she joked about it (laughs)
2: that's (laughs) that's
0: ultimately yeah i think what people have the most issue with but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh she went for it and she had names for it and she made people laugh about it so and, who knows?
1: And, do you think she's going to life coach us with still talking about sticking dicks in assholes with poop? I
0: hope so. Do you, <laughs> I don't know if she's, is she still do that kind of I comedy? Don't I don't know. I mean, she, she was just
1: on Howard Stern. Maybe she does. She actually closed. She did her last stand up on Howard Stern. Wow. I know. She
0: retired on Howard Stern. Uh, yeah. And let that. Go for everybody. If you're doing Howard Stern, the only logical place is to come to us next.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So we have a waiting list. So make sure when you retire that you plan it accordingly with our schedule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Yeah. Um, but no, I'm excited to see where she is now. I I kind of think it's comparable to Madonna because you know I'm a huge Madonna fan. Oh yeah. During her. Um, Blonde Ambition Tour, where she literally was banned from several cities because she masturbated on stage. Oh. She decided to write a children's book. <laughs> and it, Genius. Yes. It was do. like mm-hmm. Mrs. Poppingfield's Fluffy Bunnies. And it was like this little children's book that was very successful. Right. And I may have my timing off a little bit. It might have been the Reinvention Tour. Um, this is
1: amazing. I I just think Lisa's going to be excited that you're comparing her to Madonna.
0: Well, you know, people do this. They go on, they, they have an extreme, they, they live in this place for a while. And then one day they wake up and they're like, wait a minute, maybe I'm not living to my fullest potential and I need to go a different direction or something. And then they go completely the other end of the spectrum. So I'm sure Madonna was like, wait, maybe I shouldn't masturbate on stage. Well, or maybe you
1: always should.
0: I'll write a children's book, so Maybe <laughs> Why not do both? Why not do both? Maybe Lisa had that.
1: Do you remember the first time, because I know you said you used to watch her with your family. Do you remember the first time where you were sitting around with your family watching her and she was talking about being gay? No. Wait, hang on. But she's not gay, right? No, she's No, so she's gay. not gay, but no. she talks about homophobia and racism and and all these things. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay,
0: She talks about all that. Well, she just goes after everybody. Like everything that is out there that is some sort of subculture or a minority of some form. She attacks the worst part about it. So
1: smart. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. Like I'm excited to talk to her today. Let's see. She could be completely different nowadays. I I just, I
1: want her to life coach the hell out of me.
0: No, you need it.
1: (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> That's so, and this is why we're married.
0: <laughs> well, you do have some things sometimes that I'm just like, wow, you are officially
1: crazy, crazy. We don't like that word, but we just use it. Well, by crazy we mean a loving, yeah, and loving, in loving, wonderful, way. the way that guys love us. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Like sometimes when you literally think that you're fat,
1: what? Oh, wow. We just went there. Well, it's
0: sometimes I don't know if you're serious or not. You're like,
1: first of all, I like, don't joke when about we get, that. I'm a hundred percent serious. I'm not trying for attention. I'm not 21 anymore. Thank you very much.
0: So whenever you say it, my, <clears> I'm <throat> like, okay, the, she's literally like the tiniest little thing <laughs> I've ever seen. And you're saying this, so I don't know ever uh, how, it's Not
1: about. okay, this is the thing. It's, it's not, maybe it's Give not guys
0: advice when their girlfriends or their best friends or whoever in their life say, "Oh, I feel fat today. I think I'm I'm fat." Like what do what do we say? It's
1: about it's about not feeling your best. Like maybe in that moment I don't actually think I'm fat, but who knows if it's the holidays maybe I do. I gain weight on the holidays. But in general, if I'm saying I feel fat, it's like that's almost like a synonym for like, ugh, I feel disgusting. I don't want anyone to see me today. Like, I just don't like. I don't feel lovable. I don't feel like. I don't feel. I just don't feel good in my clothes. I don't feel good wearing like makeup. Isn't helping. Hair isn't making. Clothes aren't helping. Like nothing is helping. And I think that that's I don't know normal. <laughs>
0: yeah, is there anybody that doesn't experience? That? Like I
1: think that's normal. I will tell you though something that I'm definitely like. I've noticed is I'm, I, for as much as I love people and I am so like all about supporting women, especially, you know, my like friends and co-stars, I've definitely noticed something that is tough for me is like not comparing myself to other women. And I, well, listen, I chose a hell of a fucking career. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, there's beautiful women all around me, but, um, No, I was just working on, I'm working on the show now and it's on ABC. So of course, like everyone's job is to be beautiful. And the whole night I was just like, I'm not good enough. And I'm making a joke about it now, but I am being dead serious. Like I noticed how inadequate I felt the entire night. And thank God I have enough awareness now to go like, okay, Ariel, stay in your lane. You still have to like deliver and do a good job and show up and be the actress that you know how to be. But... Was it hard? Yeah, it was hard. I literally at times was like, wow, what am I even doing when there's people like that here? Like, there's not even space for me. Like, why am I an actress when there's her? Like, she's amazing. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's talented. But I really was just like comparing myself. I was like, look at all the things she's done in her career and like, look at who she is. And like, there's no space for me. And that is very real. So like, if I'm calling myself fat, maybe I'm not actually thinking I'm fat, but all of those thoughts that I just said, that goes through my head. Like, what am I even doing? Because I just feel like so inadequate. And I think it takes like a lot of awareness to not, you can feel those feelings, but you can't act on those feelings because that's when it gets really dangerous. Wow. Ha- Anyways, that's our show. <laughs>
0: Goodness, good morning, everybody. <laughs> um, well, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm fresh off of it. It just happened. So I feel like I was. I'm like still in these feelings of like feeling inadequate. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I always like to apply our circumstances. So if they're at their job, if you're at your job right now and you're waking up and you don't feel good and you're looking gross in the mirror and then you have to go to work and you're sitting in a desk or something next to the person who you're comparing yourself to. Like, so what's, what's the end game here? What's the goal? What's like, I mean, why, what do we do?
1: I think it's about, this might be a question for Lisa. Oh yeah. That is a good question for Lisa.
0: Let's just save that for Lisa whenever she gets here. Oh, I love. But it. you know what? Let's apply this. Just let's. I'm gonna hijack the story just for a second. Like I feel that too sometimes. I I look in the mirror and I'm just like, "You're fucking disgusting, dude." Like, Even
1: though he's like the hottest, like everyone wants his nine abs. But continue.
0: Go on. <laughs> um. But no, I feel like terrible, and I I've I've canceled plans before because my fat fucking faces so swollen. We both have like the swollen eye thing. We have swollen eyes, we but yours it. don't exist. Like they mine sh- exists. I've had bags. When I was in seventh grade, a girl came up to me and she's like, did you not sleep? Have you <laughs> not slept? And I like had the best night of my sleep, like best night's sleep ever. And she was like, oh, cause you have gigantic bags under your eyes. What
1: a bitch.
0: I didn't know. I was like, I have bags. And then, so I went home. with you? Well, I didn't think about that then, <laughs> but probably.
1: I think she was She was probably me. flirting. Yeah. I mean, it was seventh grade. Regardless,
0: it okay. affected me. It was the beginning of my bag attack on myself. But yeah, like I even like whenever I'm entertaining a gentleman caller, there's only a certain place I'll sit in my apartment because the lighting will like hit my face better. So whenever they're looking at me. Shut up. No, this is real talk. Like when they're looking at me, because I won't have I will not be backlit.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. My jaw is. <laughs> I'm like a cartoon character right now. I'm like, I
0: I won't be backlit in my own apartment and uh, whatever it works. And so, yeah, because of, because of that, but
1: wait, I have a question about that. Yeah. Well then are you ever nervous that because you've lit yourself so well that then like, you're not going to live up to that in real life? A (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. Absolutely. See, I always undersell myself. So it's like better in person.
0: Like, so what do you mean? Like,
1: like I'll be super ugly on purpose on Facetime and then be like, "Here I am for real, aren't I
0: great?" No, I won't Facetime unless I feel like my face has been depuffed or like I have taken a shower and I I'm kind of like
1: which is like every three days.
0: Ew, I shower. That. I know that I sh- was
1: weird. We were back in seventh grade. That was like <clears throat> seventh grade me hitting on you. It was weird. Um, I
0: shower so much because I live by the the philosophy that even if I just go to the grocery store, I might get a blowjob.
1: Oh my God, Sterling. What?
0: I live by that. I by the live... way,
1: you did get a handjob in Yvonne's parking lot.
0: I got a blowjob.
1: A blow. Boy. Oh my God. Yeah. You were the only person. You're like everyone's hero. Yeah. You really are. Yeah. Well,
0: thank our interns doing, God doing God's that. work.
1: So I have a question. If you're not even going to FaceTime with a potential suitor, which by the way, Sterling mm-hmm. calls his. Gentleman suitors. No, I call
0: them gentleman callers.
1: Gentleman callers, even better. How are you going to, like, let's say you meet this person, you really hit it off, but you're, like, still feeling puffy or insecure. Like, do you go to the bedroom? Do you not go to the bedroom? Like, Ultimately,
0: I'm going to be honest, and this probably isn't good for ratings, but there comes a point in my mind where I just say, shut up. And you look the way you look, fucking deal with it, you're lucky to be alive. You got air in your lungs. You got a nose on your face. You Both eyes work. I have a penis. Works. that works. I have a penis. Like everything's there. So shut the fuck up, and then it's over. And but then it you takes just go to that point, it. like literally all the jumbo in my head of just like, yeah, but this and your fat face and like this, you're like nitpicking. Yeah, until it just like goes and just pops, and the voice says, "Shut the fuck up. You're lucky to be alive."
1: I actually think that's really lucky. I don't know that most people can have that pop moment where they go, shut up. Yeah. I think most people just start living and turning in the nitpicking.
0: Yeah. And my I, I come it all comes to a head for me. Ha ha ha. Hey-oh. <laughs> 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 what about you? What do you do? Oh God.
1: Like- Honestly, I was hoping we were gonna move on. I was like, Oh good, he didn't ask Wait, me. Wait, do you I don't wanna whenever
0: you're feeling <sighs> blah. Like, do you cancel plans? Do you? Are oh my just- God.
1: I, yeah, I actually recently was on a, this sounds like so Hollywood, but it's true. I was supposed to go to a magazine launch of a magazine. I did a photo shoot for, and I woke up feeling so puffy. I was going to cancel the whole thing. <gasps> I remember
2: th- this. Yeah, you, yeah, I was I like, and thank this.
1: God for you and my friend, Tommy, you both were like, you, you're crazy. And I was so stuck in my head about how I wasn't. But the thing is, I think this is really important to hear. For me, it's not about, Does it start at my puffy eyes? Yes, but what I'm really feeling is, oh my God, I'm going to show up and not live up to what people see in the magazine. So even though this sounds so silly and like external and like, oh, I have puffy eyes, I'm fat. It's actually about this deep-rooted self-worth thing of like, oh my God, how do I put myself out there and show up feeling comfortable if I feel so insecure and inadequate and they're going to think it's all like airbrushed and not me and and I'm going to let people down. And like that is a really dangerous rabbit hole to go down. So I would say number one, I'm thank God for my amazing friends. Cause you pull me out of my shit. So like, I don't necessarily have the shut up button that you have, but my shut up button is like, call your friends that will do the shut up button for you. Tell
0: you to shut up. Yeah. yeah. So
1: I like call you guys and then you help me and then I go and have a blast and then
0: interesting. So you know what? Then I feel like I should teach how to get that voice. You
1: should because That's it, a took, great it took a lot of
0: work. And I can't help but think that it has a lot to do with age I don't have well. the
1: shut up button. Also, sometimes- It's actually
0: shut the fuck
1: up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And I it, think we, I really do think you should teach that class. I would, I would go to it.
0: Yeah. And probably if I did teach the class, I would teach people not to say, shut up. Like my right. voice. Because my voice is kind of a dick sometimes. My right. my inner voice is kind of dicky, but he does, he kind of beats me up a little bit because he yeah. will be like, shut the fuck up. You're alive. There's someone down the street who's homeless. And then it's just like, it goes from there. And then I feel like a piece of shit. I'm like, oh, right. I am amazing. Like I'm in and through tears. Like,
1: but also you're a piece of shit. <laughs> but a piece of shit because
0: I'm complaining that my eyes are puffy. Right. And my beautiful West Hollywood apartment and my beautiful life. Like, go fuck yourself, Sterling. Like, give me a break. So, yeah, I would, if I were to teach it, I would do it in a more like compassionate, way. kind way. But for now, this is where I'm at, where I just like yeah. everything comes to a head. And it's just like, stop.
1: I love it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what Lisa has to say about all those. Oh, God.
0: I hope she's dirty.
1: (laughs) I hope she likes sex as much as I do. Maybe I... Well, it doesn't matter. Okay, bye. (laughs) Hello. Lisa.
0: Hey. Hi Lisa, it's uh Sterling and Ariel from the podcast.
2: Hey guys, glad to talk to you.
0: Is this a good time? Did we get you?
2: Yes. Perfectly. Yes. Awesome. I guess I just got done life coaching my least annoying client. So I'm in a good mood. <laughs> oh,
0: nice! First off, thanks for doing this. We're uh, we're huge fans. I've been I've been following you for many years. Huge fan here. So. Huge
1: fan. And we're so excited to talk to you. We know that you are. You've transitioned into life coaching, which yeah, which we want all of your advice, but and also the fact that you're doing our show after Howard Stern is—it's
0: just the only logical step to do. Oh yes,
1: it was. It
2: was on my bucket list, so thank God you created this just for me. I know this was just for me, so thank
0: absolutely. Yeah. So how did well, your life go? Wait, can I go first? Yeah. I yeah. He's in love with you. I'm. I'm. I'm a huge fan. I yeah. mean, can is that? I'm just gonna say it. Whatever. Anyways. Well, I'm
2: just gonna say it right now. Then you must be a gay guy.
0: Ex- yeah.
2: He's actually a lady. He's actually a lady. <laughs> yeah, because I was gonna say. I was gonna say. You know, my straight guy fan base. Kind of doesn't tend to have podcasts with hot chicks. They tend to just try to get in bed with them. Wait. So I'm like, Did oh, this guy's more hot? interested in talking to me than in the, into his super hot co-host. Then you're definitely a gay.
0: Oh, yeah. My DNA is that of homosexual.
2: Lisa, are Good. you trying to
1: turn me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: are we flirting? <laughs>
0: All she heard is you called her hot so now she's been lost in that for 30 seconds.
2: That's what we focus on. So call me hot and you got me.
0: Well, you are hot. You're very attractive and I tell you what, I did not know that you changed your hair cuz last time I saw you you had long blonde hair and then Yeah, uh, a lot
2: a lot has changed in the past 7 years. Like what had happened was basically what you probably know is about seven years I got weight loss surgery after a life of struggle with weight and body image stuff. And I've kept the weight off all seven years, which is astounding. Wow. And I can't believe I have a a bit of emotional control on my eating. And uh, yeah, I cut the hair off and I said, you know what, I know I look like a cross between Marge Simpson and Justin Bieber, but I don't care. (laughs) That's hot.
0: I love it. Let me ask you this. How does this work? Because I remember watching you as a, a wee lad, and hearing you like come on stage and being like, "What's up? Oh, there's my fags over there. What are you a butt pirate? Are you a fudge smacker?" Like you had a list a of fudge names, smacker? A, a list of <laughs> names that you would call, and for some reason, I didn't find it offensive from you. Why? I know. You know what I figured
2: out, and I think it's just because certain people have like zero prejudice in their body, or at least as little as you can have growing up white in America. So I always felt like. You know, if I love everybody, and I lo- I do, I can make fun of everybody. And I also made fun of myself. So there was some weird reason. I remember Kathy Griffin came to see me once in Vegas. And she goes, she goes you know, I know I call my gays gays, but you call them all that other stuff. She goes, yeah. how do you do it? And I go, I don't know. I guess they just know I don't mean it. So I was lucky enough that I had that warmth in my heart for all ethnic groups that I did it. But then it started to feel like, a little less joyful than before and as I grew older and did more work on myself I was like, Oh, you know, I don't have the joy in comedy that I used to as an open micer and remember you know that whole thing when you start a new project and you're all excited? And I was like, my life since that weight loss has been gearing towards helping people feel better about themselves and I'm not gonna muddy the waters with comedy anymore. So in my workshops and life coaching we still laugh and I use my humor but I tell you what, it just kind of feels like this is who I'm really supposed to be now and this is how I'm supposed to connect.
1: So I wanted to ask you because you you briefly touched on your weight loss surgery and you know, body image is something I've definitely struggled with my some people in my family, my close friends. I think i I don't know a person who doesn't. So yeah, I would love to talk more about that and mm-hmm. and I'm curious, do you feel like with that surgery was that the beginning of you? wanting to transition into like away from acting and into life coaching. You
2: know what? That's interesting. You say that because I found I'm writing my first speech. I have to do a motivational speech this week for a bunch of surgeons and I'm going through my notes, like old jokes and just old story ideas. And I found a note from about eight years ago said literally in this pile, it said something about life coach. And I go, I bet back then I was thinking, boy, that's something I could never do, but I kind of want to do it. And I think having the weight come off, thank goodness, and having worked so hard to keep it off, just that emotional eating is what got me every time. Yeah, I think that's where the journey kind of started, where I said, wait a minute. If I can really work on my weight and food issues that I've had for all my life, or at least since I went away to college, I can do something that's completely different and kind of a 180 from what I used to do for a living. It almost seems like an easier transition than, you know, losing the weight. So I think it just opens you up to possibility. Like, I'm sure you guys have both conquered something that was really hard, and then you go, hey, you know what, now I'll try this, and if if it works, great. If not, I'll be okay, too. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, having been such a successful actress, don't you kind of go, wow, that first big job where I actually memorized all my lines and I actually stayed in character, now I could do more. And it just, didn't it feel like more fun and interesting that you could just keep moving on with it? Well, yes and no. You know, i I found
1: similar to you. What I found is, you know, I, I moved to LA at 17 and was fortunate enough to be working right away, but also was really, you know, I had to support myself. I had to find my own way in this town, moving from Florida to Hollywood. And I really struggled with, you know, with different eating disorders and things that I haven't, I've shared a little bit, but I haven't actually shared a lot in the public yet. It's something that right. I'm still learning how to do. And, but I found that I, looking back on it, it was all about the control because I was so like needing to control to make sure like I had enough money. I looked right. I showed up on mm. set. I was doing all the right things. Like this is going to equal success. And like, of course I'll be happy because I feel good because I'm skinny. And, and, you know, and looking back on it now, I look at those jobs and maybe to the the outside world they look like success because they were you know it was, it was a real great job with great people that I admire and love working with but I look at myself and I'm like oh my god if only I could hug myself then because I'm actually I'm heavier now and I'm I'm but I'm more honest with myself and I feel more right. real Than myself now than I ever have. And so I feel so much happier now than I've ever been that I'm actually like excited to see. I'm like, wow, well now where's my career going to go? Because I actually feel like I'm not hiding all that other shit that I was hiding before.
2: Well, yeah, you know, that's a beautiful statement because the fact is, think about it. We're only, as they say in AA or running 12 step program, we're only as sick as our secrets. So the more we keep secrets, it adds to the shame. It doesn't subtract it. So that's why when I do a workshop with, you know, men and women who are struggling with eating disorders or struggling with body image or stopped being anorexic for several years but still have the old body dysmorphia or they're still overweight and hate their bodies, I start with story. Like, I literally have no secrets about food and weight and things like that, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to be vulnerable, tell them what's up with me. In the media, I'm super transparent. I'll talk about anything. Because basically if I share my story, I make them feel safe enough to share theirs. So as you could see, it really helps from your personal experience. It sounds like that you were able to really move on this thing and kind of make a lot of progress by not feeling shame around it.
1: Well, and letting go of the control. Like I think that I spent so much energy on that control that when I started to let go of it through a lot of my own work, it doesn't. it doesn't happen overnight, I've spent years yeah. doing my own work and therapies and working with healers and life coaches and all the things. But I realized I was hiding so much behind it that to let go of that, I suddenly had all this New space and time and energy to create new things and and put my energy in things that actually made me happy from like yeah. personal choices yeah, to career I, choices. I, I, I
2: agree. Like we think that's what's going to make us happy. Like you getting one acting job after another. It's almost like unfortunate that we had success because then we didn't have any real reason to leave it other than the internal reason, and that's the hardest one to really act on you know so it's basically we do all this work on ourselves we figure out that what we were doing looks pretty good to the outside and looks successful but we're not that happy on the inside like i literally feel more joy and happiness looking at my calendar now than ever because i'm like oh my god i don't hate that thing i'm doing i don't hate that i don't have to travel unless it's someplace i want to go in order to help people Years ago, I mean, oh, my God, with the comedy, I'd be traveling around, always miserable, yelling at people, being (laughs) a battle axe. And I'm like, that's really not serving me or the world. So what do I have to work on internally to get me to let go of this? Because, as you know, it's harder to quit a good job than a bad one. Because the bad one, it's easy to go, F this, I'm out of here. But a good one, you go, well, it is paying pretty well, should I leave so I applaud people who will take that big step.
0: Yeah, and you were really good at it. So how, how were you so good at something that you later in years to come, you know, kind of did the 180? Like you went from insult comic to helping people live better. Like, it's well, literally, you know, it's uh, like whenever Madonna I've decided to. i
2: has got many, many talents. I'm absolutely terrific <laughs> at all sorts of things. No, but what's funny is my dad was, uh, you know, after he retired, I loved this about my dad. He was a fine artist. You know, he would paint. And he, at about 80, he decided he didn't want to paint anymore. And I said, but you're so good. And he, I swear to God, he says to me, just because you're good at it doesn't mean you have to do it. Wow! And I was like, oh my God. It was almost like he was giving me permission without knowing it to say, yeah, you're really good at comedy and you're like a great roaster and you're making people happy, but are you happy doing it? And I just got the guts up to go, "Eh, you know what? I saved enough money to not feel panicky. I can afford to work a couple years and just see what happens. And I'm going to kind of do what my heart desires and go with the joy and go with the openness. And honestly, with that, going from the authentic self instead of that sort of outer shell of toughness, it ended up opening so many doors that I'm like, wow, this is no, this is constant reinforcement from the universe that I did the right thing. You but Marie it,
1: it, it, your life.
2: Yeah, you you sparked so joy in your actually, life. Believe it or not, I took a freaking workshop about five years ago in decluttering, which had to do with emotional decluttering, but they used that book when it first came out. <laughs> Amazing. And, Uh, It's so good. I mean, hey, let's put it this way. I'm probably never going to throw all my clothes on the bed and thank every one of them. I mean, kill me. But God bless. It works for some people.
0: Hey, Ariel.
1: Hey, Sterling.
0: So I just went home to my high school reunion.
1: So cute.
0: So cute. I had such a good time. But one of my old classmates, who used to be my very close friend, walked up and said, She just kind of like lowered her shirt and showed me her bra.
1: And you were like, ma'am, that is for after (laughs) the party.
0: I was like, wow, nothing's changed since high school. Amazing. (laughs) And she was like, no, it's my bra from Third Love.
1: No way.
0: Yes, yes. She was like, she talked to me about how comfortable it was and how she loved taking the online quiz. And she actually showed me how it's a half size and how... All these years like no bra ever fit the her teardrop boob. Oh, she has a
1: teardrop bust.
0: Te- yeah, she has a teardrop. And so I was like so amazed by that. I was very excited about that.
1: And did 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 she like our podcast?
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's a big fan of the podcast as well. Yes. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm
1: thrilled that she took the quiz and now has bras that fit her because I too was fascinated by the quiz and took it and now learned about my breast shape shape size.
0: Yeah. Totally. Well. We are so in love with 3rd Love because they do give you a perfect fit. They have more sizes than any other brands. It's convenient. You'd skip the trial. Find your fit with 3rd Love's online fit finder. Order and try one on home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. Hands down the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. Straps that won't slip and a tagless label. No itching, lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. Can it get any better? I don't think it can.
1: I mean, you said it all. (laughs)
0: Third Love knows is the perfect bra for everyone. So right now we're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash spiritual now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash spiritual for 15% off today.
1: Do you have like a morning ritual that you do? Uh, yes. Is it something that's like we're allowed to talk about on air? Well, some things, yeah. But not all things, huh?
0: Yeah, actually, my my ritual's pretty basic. I brush my tooth.
1: (laughs) Just one?
0: (laughs) Just one. And then from there, you know, I meditate and start my day.
1: That's it. Well.
0: How about you? What's your ritual?
1: Well, I brush all my teeth.
0: Interesting. Yeah,
1: and then I take a. I have a morning tea, and I take all my vitamins. And you know what? I'm very excited to start taking. I guess you're not going to ask me. I'll tell you. Ritual. Yes, I'm. I'm waiting to
0: hear. I didn't know. I thought it was a rhetorical question.
1: I feel like I'm talking to my dad when he always zones out. (laughs) But anyways, what I wanted to share with you is ritual vitamins are amazing because. They have your D3s to your omega-3s. And especially with the winter coming, women need these extra multivitamins. And so I'm excited to make this my new ritual.
0: That sounds good. As we know that ritual from D3 to omega-3, ritual is essential for women, helps fill the gaps in a woman's diet. There is no nausea capsule Design is gentle on an empty stomach, and there is a mint tab in every bottle to keep everything fresh, so you don't get that fishy aftertaste common with most omega-3s. Ritual is traceable and transparent. It's also delivered. A subscription is easy to start, and it's a snooze. It's only a dollar a day to have all of the essential nutrients that your body needs delivered every month, no strings attached. And we all know that better health doesn't happen overnight. So right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during the first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash spiritual to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash spiritual. So you still have that side? Would you still would you say that you still have that side in your head? Like when you're walking down the street, does your mind are you kind of doing like a stand-up bit of like people walking by you like this motherfucker? Like look at this guy. Oh,
2: you know what's weird? Are you still?
0: Is it still in there? Please let me know that you're still a little dead inside, or are you just completely rainbows and happiness? Well,
2: no, no, no. I I think there's always going to be that part that goes to the judgment or sarcasm because I mean it's a hard habit to break. Right, right. Thirty-one years in the business. So I'll tell you when it showed up, because it usually doesn't on the street and stuff, because I uh, use a lot of compassion, because that helped me to heal my relationship with my mom, and it just helps in life to go, who do, what do I know about this poor thing, what they're going through? But, dude, when I was watching the freaking Critics' Choice, and I was watching these women and their speeches and their boobs hanging out and their dresses, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, thank God I don't have a comedy career anymore, because... I would be making so much enemies just <laughs> by watching this show and tweeting ex- about it. For example, I mean, I who not... who
0: sticks out? Who, who are you commenting on? <laughs>
2: oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I, Oh, I can't even because a lot of it, you know what's the craziest She's stuff? She's a life coach now. It was a lot of it was stuff that I also hate about myself. Mm. Ah. And I'm like, oh, my God, do I have to even learn a lesson from this crap? So I'm like, oh, I'm saying that one doesn't look good or doesn't look like they should be wearing that dress because I – have that insecurity myself or that that one said um too much during the speech because I do that too. And I'm like, oh, man, don't I hate that I can't even be funny and, like, just make fun of people? But I guess it's uh, 30 years is enough.
1: But how amazing – like, your awareness is incredible because you're able to see – all of your thoughts and your thinking patterns and bring it back to yourself. Like most people would just be like, ah, her boobs are hanging out and not think twice about it because her boobs are actually hanging out. But to take the time to take the thinking to the next step and go, well, hang on. What does that say about me? If I'm seeing this in someone else, what do I see in myself? That's incredible. Like I feel like the world would be such a better place if we all took responsibility to constantly bring it back to to, to us, to ourselves. Yeah,
2: because I'm taking the life coaching program that Martha Beck does, who's pr- been made pretty famous by Oprah. And the thing about her is, this is what's great about it. Her first day, she said, live it to give it. Because if you cannot live like you're requiring your clients live, like how are you going to coach them? And I'm like, oh my God, she's right. So if I'm telling, you know, Joe from New Jersey to not be judgy and what is that saying and what old patterns are you trying to break? I'd have a lot of nerve doing it myself, you know, doing it on a daily basis without catching myself. So I love that I'm learning, like, how to do it all the time. But I will tell you, I fail a lot. I'm just a work in progress. I'm learning this crap now. And it feels really good to go, hmm, I'm getting better all the time. And we can all, if we just work a little bit on something, I guarantee we're going to have a better year than last year if we keep kind of just going, ooh, keep noticing what drives us. The wrong way.
0: Yeah. Now this this new like life coaching has this inspired your comedy at all? Like, do you find like some? Do you find yourself writing stand up in your head with all this newfound love and knowledge that you have towards helping others? Well, you know, I
2: retired from stand up on Stern, and uh, there is nothing I miss less than comedy, and it's not because I hated it. I liked it, but this is so much more fun. But I will say, I do put a lot of the humor into workshops I do because of my own vulnerability. I have to tell them the truth about my life. And I'm like, yeah, you know, noticing that stuff on a daily basis of like, you know, I'm kind of mad that I have a thin doctor now because I always was able to trick my fat doctor into not telling <laughs> me I was fat because, you know, he what Thank is he going to do? Point the finger back at himself, dude. So I kind of do uh, like inserting some of that stuff into the stories now because I go, eh, I'm never going to not be funny. I think that's what people think too. They think they're going to like get therapy or help, and suddenly they're going to be horrible and really wear a dashiki or wear a freaking uh, kundalini robe. It's like, no, don't worry about it. I'm never going to be that person who says believe or blessed or any of that crap. I won't have my collection of rocks with sayings on them. I think we got oh, to a picture. Oh, Sterling loves rocks. <laughs> What's that? Well, Sterling loves rocks. No, I love crystals. Oh. he hates them <laughs> I actually I, I don't actually hate think them. I, do I have I'd... a collection of rocks that say things that I would used to say to people like you'll never find a boyfriend and you're unlovable <laughs> wait, I do have work. do
0: you have a boyfriend? me? Yes.
2: Oh God no I've been celibate happily for six and a half years.
0: Wait you're celibate for six yeah, and I a half cannot... years wait can you does that include masturbating?
2: Oh. Listen, let me tell you about sex, what happens to you after you hit a certain age, at least in my case. I started going through menopause when I was married. Now, this was about, I would guess, like I I said, around the weight loss surgery time, me and my husband at the time, Jimmy Big Balls, and myself got this surgery to lose the weight. We lose like 100 some pounds each. Well, I have no sex drive because I'm going through the menopause. We end up, getting a divorce, which was one of the great changes he and I both made, and that's why we can remain friends, is because we did it before we hated each other, and it ends up, dude, going through menopause, I, like, never feel attracted to anyone. I don't have a sexual urge in my life, and you know what I think it is? I think, maybe I'm wrong, I think it's the universe's way of saying, you worked on that stuff for 40 years, work on you for now, and just concentrate on what you you want to put out into the world. And I think, you know, uh, if I'm supposed to meet somebody, I will. Like I said to Wendy Williams, maybe at 80, the flower will open and get some youth.
0: So wait, just off, I'm kind of a pervert, but so wait, with celibacy, <laughs> with celibacy, can you masturbate? Or are you like, is it a vowless celibacy? Or did you, is this something that's just kind of like your body? Oh, no, no. You?
2: It's not self-imposed celibacy or okay. it's not a strict rule. It's just, You're... I have no sexual, urges at for the past few years and again I took it as a sign that okay until I do then I'll just kind of go through life and enjoy friends and family and have this great career my dog and I think for years I was very codependent I always had to have a boyfriend from age 12 to 50 I was involved with one guy or another and these were good long-term relationships. I had a whore stage, which wasn't too long. It was Wait, maybe did you like say whore or horse? A whore, a whore. A whore. Ooh. <laughs>
1: what? And this what is, is what is whore you look like? Yeah. Well, it, oh, it
2: looks like take you us know, on a you, night out, Lisa. Yeah. With whore you. Idea. It looks like a fun time where you'd. Kind of be playing at a comedy uh, joint, and like you'd pick up the security guy, or maybe oh. you'd be on like an all-black comedy show, and there'd be hot black comics, and you'd say, "Hey, want to go do this?" So it wasn't it wasn't that horry. Like, but like two for me.
1: two dates in one night. Oh
2: God, no! Mm. Oh no, no, no! That's I'm whory, more. I'm more than you. I, <laughs> I put put it this way: maybe when I'm eighty, I'll do some of that.
0: Nice. Yes.
2: Nice. So, so yeah, so it's not like it's a self imposing thing. It's just, I know that I concentrated on filling, uh, my, you know, empty, it sounds sexual, but filling the, the emptiness inside with, um, a relationship versus working on myself. So I think that's why the past six years I've been able to actually work on me because I haven't been constantly codependent or in the food or. Kind of trying to fill the hole with the wrong substance, so it's been working out great. But again, I never say never. If I met the right guy, I'd be like, "Ooh, a spiritual equal, wouldn't that be something?" Ooh, that would my, be
1: that would be like mind blown sex.
2: Have you oh, always yeah. been spiritual? And you know for a fact we do some of that tantric oh, stuff. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh have you,
0: yeah. Have you have you always put on been some script?
2: mantras? Get going. Oh, and then <laughs> some. He could wear one of them freaking robes and have a rock. I don't care. (laughs) He'll have a rock all right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: Sterling. Ariel. I have a serious question. Oh, God. I know how much you love perfect teeth. If you were dating someone and they asked you to get candid to fix your bottom teeth, would you...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, go on.
1: I mean, would you do it for that person or would you do it because you'd be so excited for yourself?
0: Well, I would actually do it if they actually mention Candid because Candid is the only one that I would actually use.
1: Tell me more.
0: Well, I mean, let's be honest. Candid aligners can be, they can straighten your teeth faster than traditional wire braces. The treatment only takes six months on average. You go to an experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state and creates a custom treatment plan. They can show you a 3D preview so I can see how my teeth are going to look after I'm done. Candid's aligners are comfortable, removable, and completely invisible. They ship your aligners directly to you so there's no hassle of going to an orthodontist. And Candid costs 65% less than braces. The best part about Candid is, in my opinion, is they donate $25 to Smile Train who brings safe, 100% free, cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe
1: and the other best part about candid is you're gonna have perfect teeth
0: you know i mean i'm a little embarrassed about my crooked bottom teeth so the fact that i'm you shouldn't
1: be embarrassed candid's gonna fix them
0: i mean uh, yes candid is fixing my bottom teeth that is for sure so and you know the holidays are coming so I'm going to have that smile ready by the holidays, and so can you. Go to candidco.com/slash/spiritualgasm and use code spiritualgasm to get $75 off. That's candidco.com/slash/spiritualgasm, code spiritualgasm for $75 off. Candidco.com/slash/spiritualgasm, code spiritualgasm.
1: Hey Sterling.
0: Hey Ariel.
1: You know how much you love talking about periods and how men should talk about them more like you do? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm going to throw in something else in the mix.
0: Tell me, what is it?
1: Lola, baby. Lola. Yes. It is an amazing company. They make feminine hygiene products like tampons and pads and natural cleansing wipes, and everything is made from 100% organic cotton it is PBA-free plastic applicators. It's environmentally friendly. And best part is they're a subscription-based company, so you can get everything delivered.
0: And they also make personal lubricant, which is good for everybody. It's featuring a mess-free one-click pump system. The water-based formula is hyperallergenic and made with 95% organic ingredients to create a long-lasting lubricant that perfectly mimics natural feminine moisture and maintains a healthy pH balance.
1: And also, even if you don't think that you need lubricant, maybe your friend does. So it's nice to just have around. Be be giving.
0: Absolutely. Lube is great.
1: Lube is great. And I personally love their cleansing wipes. Like I said, they are organic and PBA-free, All the nasty stuff, they don't have it, which is why I think Lola is great.
0: Lola is great. We are a big fan of Lola. They are a female-founded company, and they're doing great things. So for 30% off your first month's subscription, visit mylola.com and enter spiritual30 when you subscribe. That's 30% off the first month's subscription at mylola.com enter spiritual SPIRITUAL30 when you subscribe Have you have you always been spiritual?
2: No. I went to Catholic school and church, you know, we were raised pretty strict Catholic up until I was 18. I went to Catholic school. Then I was like, "Oh my god, I can't take this. I stopped going to church." And I just think in the last probably 10 years, uh, I started working on that a little bit going, you know, I'm not religious, but I have that whole thing of like, I know what's meant to be will happen. I knew the universe is going to take care of me. I know every single thing anyone goes through is a lesson that we're supposed to learn from it. So, yeah, I think there's something that's making this all work and present to me what I need to work on in this life. Like, for instance, if my, dad hadn't gotten sick and uh, passed away, I would have never had the guts to get the divorce to make myself happier. I would have never had the guts to sort of quit comedy and be sort of doing something that I love now. So I think those bad, tragic things happen to make us go through things we're supposed to, like you were saying about body image struggles or eating disorders. We had to go to go through those things to have compassion and empathy and lose the shame about ourselves so i think that's the way i feel spiritual now
0: wow wow that's really Uh, beautiful Yeah, yeah. i I can't help but to think because i just the other day watched re-watched one of your i think it was the hbo comedy special and you Mm -hmm. walk out in the first 15 minutes are just hilarious and then i'm comparing to how you sound today you're a completely different person your voice is the same your, your, your spirit is the same, but your message is completely different. And I, I applaud you. I, I feel like, uh, it's, it's really impressive the work you've done It shows. And I, even though you were like doing insult comedy, then you were still doing something right. So I hope yeah. you don't look back at that period and be like, Oh, I was making people's life miserable. Cause you didn't, you brought a lot of jokes to my family. I know for sure. And made uncomfortable topics like my gayness, Really, something to laugh at, and yeah, so, you know,
2: I appreciate you saying that, and I'll tell you why. Because I always had a good intention, right? And I, I nowadays it doesn't seem like intention is enough, which is fine. But I do go, wow. My way of com- I was telling this to a uh, shrink. I was saying, I think my comedy was just me trying to connect me with other people and connect them with each other, and now I'm doing the exact same job just using different tools. So it still feels super genuine and just is a different way of a different modality. So, uh, I'm glad it connected you with yourself a little bit. I hope it connected you with other people. And that was sort of my goal all along.
0: Yeah. Well, you did it. You did it. Absolutely. But before we let you go, we were, we know you're short on time, but really quick, Ariel has a question. (laughs)
1: Well, because I, I I was not as familiar with you and your comedy stage, but I can tell you, I love he, you. Oh, my God. Take two. I'm nervous asking this question. Take two. I'm mumbling. Okay, I'm going to start over, Lisa. Sure. <laughs> I was just going to say, I wasn't as familiar with you back then. Sterling, obviously, loves you. But I can tell you, just from talking with you today i absolutely love you and i am thrilled you're you're in this life coach phase and i was saying before we went would it be possible if i could like ask you a question and get some life advice she wants
0: free advice i
1: want free advice obviously Um, what can i
2: help you with
1: so we were, uh, with just going back to the body image thing, so I noticed, I was actually, I'm filming a show right now, and I was on set last night, and, you know, look, as much as I can say I like the woman I am today, I'm not going to lie, I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, what happened to this? What happened to my, you know, like, man, I used to be, feel like so much hotter five years ago, whatever, but like, but like real stuff, like, like that voice in my head where it's like when I go down that rabbit hole with those critical thoughts and I'm staring at the mirror, which is part of my job to be in hair and makeup and stare at the mirror, I'm literally staring at the mirror, like beating myself up right before I'm going to go on camera. And I noticed this last night and I was like, wow, you know, when I was in my twenties, I still did this, but I was so not honest with myself that I would disguise it by like, put on red lipstick or look hot or show off your ass or your boobs. And, 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 now I'm more honest with myself. So I'm, I'm technically in a happier place, but with that honesty comes me being able to see how critical I am quickly. Mm -hmm. So, so it's not actually that the critical voice or the judgment went away. It's that I'm actually more honest about it now. Like in my twenties, I would hide it. And in my thirties, I'm like, shit, here it is. I fucking hate myself in this minute and I got to go be on camera. And so my question is like, what is that about where that critical voice comes in at the moments that are like the most important for me to feel confident and not have a critical voice and not hate myself?
2: First of all, this is why I hate affirmations. I always felt affirmations like, oh, I love myself or I look beautiful. They're total bullshit. It's just another thing to fail at. Because if you're saying something that falls on deaf ears, which are your own deaf ears, it's not going to work. So I think it's impossible to go from I hate myself and I look awful to I love myself and I look beautiful. So there's a lot of statements in between that one can use to maybe warm up to finally, whenever it happens in the future, be like, wow, I really love myself. I think the negative self-talk has to be turned into something like noticing it, And then just replacing that thought without beating yourself up, replacing that thought with, I'm enough, I look fine. And the whole fact is, we're never going to be the best. We're never going to be the worst. We're never going to be the prettiest or the ugliest or the least talented or the most talented or any of these areas. I think it's replacing that thought without judging the thought, meaning, don't think, God, now I'm an asshole because I have these fucking thoughts. What's wrong with me? Jesus Christ, I thought I handled this. It's going, hmm, I'm having that negative thought. Let me be compassionate with myself and go to, I'm enough. I'm right for this part or else I wouldn't have been cast. I look fine. I'm good. And then use that compassion in the scene. Use whatever energy in the scene that you have to, To that you can bring from your real life. I mean, you know with acting, you bring all that anyway. So I think it has to be replaced without judgment with just that you are fine the way you are. Does right. that make sense? Beautiful.
0: Yeah, you're definitely, I think you should do this for a living. Lisa. Yeah. You're, you're on it. Yeah,
2: because I have, I, I really have empathy for women, especially because on the surface, you look at women who look like yourself and you think, like I used to be judging, judgy and I used to be like, oh, my God, I bet they have the perfect lives and this and that. And what is perfect in anyway? And, <laughs> and you want to know what's funny? We're all different sides of the same coin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My
2: issue with weight is the same as anorexia because, guess what, it's just behavior where we try to control the feelings. Yeah. So an exercise I would probably leave you or anybody like you just to illustrate for the week would be notice the circumstance. I look in the mirror. What's the thought? I, I'm going to use myself. Okay. I look in the mirror. I think I gained 20 pounds. The feeling comes after the thought, sad, angry, Judge, frustrated, judgment. dejected, and then my behavior might be to eat again or to blow the scene or do whatever, call a guy who's not good for me. So it's taken that thought of I feel and look terrible or fat or whatever I would say to myself to go, is that really true? Did I gain 20 pounds? No. Oh, I'm going into my I gained 20 pounds thing again. And this way, you see how that almost puts like a pause or a little distance and shows you that that's story. It's mm-hmm. not you. It's story. So anytime you go on the set, if you tell yourself a story of like, I don't look good or I hate how I look or whatever you say to yourself, go, oh, wait, is it true? No. I'm not fat, I'm not ugly, that's my story, but it's not true, and then move on. And again, I bet it takes a while, but guess what? Every day it gets better, because we're all just working on it and working on it, and you sound like you're very open to doing that. Does that make sense?
1: 100%.
2: I love it. Oh my (laughs) God, I love that you're so open and vulnerable about stuff, because that's really going to help people feel better and go, Oh my God, I'm not the only one. Cause isn't that just what we're here for anyway?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And we've loved having you on the yeah, show. Lisa. when we you're learned, in LA, oh my please
0: gosh. come to the studio here. We want to be face to face. I
2: want to hug you.
1: So oh, does Sterling. God.
2: Totally. I told your producer, I'm going to be in LA uh, in the next couple of months, so we'll soy hook it up. Yes,
0: ah. love it, love it. We're—I mean, I don't know you, but I know you, and I'm proud of you. i, I love uh, the person. Thank that you, you are. so much.
2: Can I do a shameless plug? Please, yes, yes please plug We're away all about it. Yes, awesome. To get any information about my storytelling shows, which are going to be all over the country, and I have some currently booked. And also for my workshops on food and body image or workshops that I do on changing your life, making a big change like I did, go to LisaLampanelli.com. If you can't spell it, look it up, bitch, because I can't do everything for you. And also if you want to be one of my clients, shoot me an email and tell me what's up and we'll figure it out.
0: We amazing. love it, yep. and
2: we'll make sure we repeat
1: that when we
2: uh, when we air the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. We'll see you soon. I hope. Yes. And
1: and quick shout out to your dad as well. He sounds like he was just such a beautiful force in your life, and I love the way I love what he shared with you, and I love the way that you continue to share about him and everything he's influenced for you. So. Yes. Uh, thank
2: you. What a gentleman. He was the old fashioned kind of guy with the handkerchief. Like he's a real gentleman. Well, thank you again. Love you both.
1: <laughs> okay. Love you
0: too. Thanks bye, for love everything. Thank you.
2: Okay, bye, honey. Bye. bye.
0: Now, we'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors.
1: And a quick reminder that better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essentials for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash S-P-I-R-I-T-U-A-L to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash S-P-I-R-I-T-U-A-L. Oh my goodness! I love that woman. Love
0: her. Love her. Amazing. I am kind of shocked that she sounds like that now.
1: I know you miss you. Is there, there's a little bit of you that misses the old Lisa.
0: Well, I think it's still in there somewhere. <laughs> I think. I think she's still. Uh, I know that she can pull some insults out. I was hoping to hear a little bit more of old Lisa, I but thought this new sh- Lisa is so like She's so beautiful. powerful. Yeah.
1: I thought for sure you were going to have so many sex jokes about how she was saying she was celibate and that she didn't want to fill herself up with <laughs> all these other things. I was like, "Uh-oh, there's so many sex jokes coming." But then they weren't you didn't. You held back.
0: Yeah, well, it was killing me. But I didn't feel, like, appropriate. I was so revved up to, like, whole. go toe-to-toe with her as far as, like, how rank she is. Like, But I didn't feel like I could at all. she just
1: had so much... She was just sparking joy in us.
0: So, wait. What does that mean? People that are that funny or whatever don't have joy?
1: No. I think... No, I think you can definitely have both. I mean, hello, look at us. We love I know. sex I mean, we're and like, we're joyful. <laughs> we're
0: we're <laughs> terrible assholes, but also but we have so joy. full of
1: joy. Well, our joy, let's be honest, we lose our joy when we're apart.
0: That's true. But we are assholes in some form. And
1: joyful when we're together. And
0: joyful often too, but I don't know. I love her. I want her to. <clears throat> no, come back I on think the
1: show. I feel like probably what's happening is She's, you know, she's just transitioned. She said like three months ago, so I think she's like this is feeling. From what I observed, this is feeling so great for her and so exciting, and she's loving helping people and spreading kindness. That I think she's probably just really into that now and then. As this unfolds more in years to come, I'm sure she'll actually find a way to infuse her comedy, which actually will end up helping people and healing people. Because a lot of times, like when it's too hard to talk about, we go to comedy, you know. So I'm sure she will like find a a way. I think she's just really in this new phase right now.
0: Yeah. Good for her. Well, she's really
1: good. She's really good. I loved what she said about how we tell ourselves stories and, and that it really comes all down to judgment. Yeah. Like that's so true. Cause I noticed I didn't want to go on and on about it, but I noticed for me, my story comes up when I'm comparing myself to other people so like when she, what the advice she was giving me as she was talking i was back last night on set looking at the mirror and i was like it's not actually about me looking in the mirror it's that i'm looking in the mirror and there's five gorgeous actresses next to me and everyone's different and i love that everyone's different but i'm like of course i'm beating myself up because i'm not like the latin exotic woman i'm like why couldn't i just be born latin and exotic then all my worries would go away <laughs> like and so <laughs> so i was like I could hear in her advice, I was already starting to go like, well, when did that thought start for me that then provoked all these feelings? And it was like, oh, I was comparing myself to the other actresses, even though I love all the actresses I'm working with. It's just like this self-deprecating thing. So I'd say she's really going to make it as a life coach because I love what she had to say. Yeah, I think she's going to do quite well. Uh, anyways, on that really joyful note, I think we should say farewell. Okay, guys, cool. Thanks well, thanks, Lisa.
0: LisaLimpinelli.com. dot com, and uh, her show is going to be she's touring around the country right now.
1: And what's her Instagram?
0: Uh, LisaLimpinelli
1: at at LisaLimpinelli, and also, you guys, we have an Instagram at Correct. SpiritualGasm.
0: Go to SpiritualGasm and on Instagram,
1: share all your spiritual gasmy things with us.
0: Yeah, because we want to see it. Well, I do, uh,
1: you know, oh, God, (laughs) we got to go. Bye, y'all. Bye. Spiritual Gasm is executive produced by Ariel Kebble. That's me. Sterling Jones. That's him. And Sim Sarna. Associate producer is Daniela Silva.
0: Edited by Matt Sasaki and music by Josh Cook and Alicia Eagle. Spiritualgasm is a Cloud
2: 10 production and is powered by Simplecast.